You're listening to Her Hacks Podcast, a podcast by women in cybersecurity for everyone. I'm Christine. And I'm Rebecca. And I see that we have our fellow co-host, Lauren, also. And Connie should be dropping in soon. Um, So welcome to today's Twitter space, Her Hack. Today we'll be doing a post-mortem on the chaotic, crazy, stress-inducing fiasco that was the verified fan process for Taylor Swift tickets for the Eras Tour. It was literally an insane day, and we have a lot to cover. We definitely want to tell you about my experience. We want to hear about your experiences And we want to try and demystify how the verified fan process actually worked, because to be honest, it made no sense. Also, the amount of resale tickets already for sale on StubHub and eBay is so heartbreaking and disappointing. So we're going to talk about that first. Yeah, so uh, Christine and I talked about the ongoing issue of bots and resale markets back in March of this year, uh, 2022 at the ShmooCon Cybersecurity Conference. And we discussed scalper bots hitting a Shopify e-commerce storefront and causing a massive Shopify outage. And if you haven't seen this talk, you should check it out on our Herox Podcast uh, YouTube channel. But we want to rehash some of that information as it's really relevant to today's fiasco. So you may have been noticed it's been getting harder and harder to buy things online, especially around the holidays. Products like PS5s and the popular Yeezy sneakers and maybe even Taylor Swift's The Cardigan are selling out in under a minute. Recent studies have shown that human web traffic and popular demand are not actually causing these incredible sales numbers and crazy sellouts. Instead, online third-party resale markets fueled by greedy scalpers are saturating the market and exacerbating these shortages by hoarding products and using bots to do it. That's exactly what we saw today, where tons of resellers and scalpers were literally selling tickets for over $10,000. It was honestly disgusting how many resellers seemed to get tickets over the actual fans. Yeah, and while some products have actual scarcity due to real supply chain issues, like I'm sure you've seen in the news with like the semiconductor shortage and the baby formula shortage, marketing also creates these artificial scarcities with product type and even intentionally limiting stock like limited edition products. So this is a huge problem because these scalpers that are using bots and hoarding products are hurting us consumers because now we're paying double, triple, or 10 times the retail price of an item. Especially in a year where there's over 7% inflation, paying these artificial prices to scalpers really hurts your wallet and it creates an unfair economic disadvantage. As an example, we used last year's holiday shopping resale data to find out how much consumers pay above retail price due to scalping. So an Xbox retails for about $500 and the aftermarket price would be $600 to $2,000. So that's a 1.2 to four times markup. The PS5 also has a 1.2 to 4X markup. Yeezys, which I don't know who would be buying those. They probably sell for like 50 cents now, but they did used to sell at like a 10x markup. And in our ShmooCon presentation, we talked about Jeffree Star's makeup that would sell for a four time 4x markup. The difference here is a 10x markup for a Taylor Swift ticket if the ticket face value is anywhere from $49 to $900, it could end up being thousands of dollars more, which is what we saw today where people were buying VIP packages and floor seats and literally reselling them for between twelve dollars and $15,000 on eBay. Yeah, 
it's ridiculous. And and while the onus is like really on the vendors to fix this, I mean, they don't really have a financial incentive to, right? Like, why would they care that consumers are paying these huge markup rates and they're they're selling all of their inventory? But you know what? Taylor Swift cares. And she had a verified fan process as a bot mitigation to combat some of this scalping so that you could get tickets to see her at a fair price. In theory. And we're probably going to discuss some of the conspiracy theories behind Ticketmaster and why this apparently did not work at all today. Not to mention a lot of us fans also noticed that dynamic pricing was enabled. So instead of everybody getting tickets at a fair low price, if you somehow did manage to get tickets over bots and scalpers, you probably were paying an inflated price for it. I saw someone tweet that they bought a ticket for $49 and then they went in to try and buy another ticket and that exact same row suddenly went to $150. And it's like, that's not fair. And that's crazy. No, it's ridiculous. And really, before we get into like that stuff, I really just want to take some time to define and level set like what bots are specifically in the context of like e-commerce. So according to Imperva, which is a cybersecurity company, in their 2020 bad bots report, about 42.3% of web traffic is created by bots or other automated tools, not humans. Okay, and that's just a statistic. But what are they? So, you know, like when you're buying things online, imagine that checkout process, but completely automated by software. So bots in the context of e-commerce are these web clients that you program to automate the purchasing process and that purchasing process or that checkout process of the goods online and software programmatically purchasing those goods is so much faster than your manual checkout process. And you can run multiple or distributed bots executing similar repetitive tasks. And this is considered like a botnet or a network of bots. And that's even more time efficient. And that's extremely powerful. The skills of programming allow you to get leverage on your time, scaling yourself beyond what you can manually accomplish. And while this is used for good, We want to talk about how it is abused by scalpers and how it gives them an unfair advantage over you, the human at checkout. So how do you program them? In order to do so conceptually, you need to reverse engineer this checkout process of that website. So tactically, you can use an intercepting proxy or a transparent proxy like Burp Suite to sniff the traffic between your computer and the server. And you do this to see the requests and responses made without modifying the traffic. And you can also use dev tools or view source code in your browser or use documented APIs. But let me extract from this. So the key is making a distinction between the front end and the back end. So the front end is the graphical button that you click to add to cart. And something like JavaScript can hook this this click and generate an HTTP post request and it sends it to the back end. And the back end then processes this request from your button click that you made and then sends a response updating the item like in your cart. So bots automate this entire process using programming languages like Python or if you're super cool and hip go and they can add items in mass quantities and check out faster than you can even browse to the website. And I think we've all felt the effects of this, especially Christine. And this is this is what the market is. And as consumers, it's really frustrating when you can't buy even holiday gifts that you want and, or you have to pay these exuberant right, rates to people who are reselling it. And it, it can also be dangerous because of the, there could be counterfeits, you know, like 
how this can be used to exploit just desperate shoppers. Right. Like, why would I, if I had $10,000 to spend on Taylor Swift tickets, why would I give it to some person on eBay? Like, that is terrifying. <laughs> and girl, I'm so, I'm so disappointed and so mad right now. Um, but I have to ask you, is writing and using bots or automated checkout clients actually legal? Kind of sounds like hacking. Yeah. So uh, first, let me promise, I am not a lawyer, but uh, there are currently no federal laws that ban checkout bots. And there's only like 16 states that have any kind of law that makes scalping tickets, specifically scalping tickets, illegal. So there are no current laws. Let me reiterate, there are no current laws against using bots to automate the purchasing of goods. But to caveat this, it can go against the terms of service for a website. So some of the terms of service can be like limiting the number of products that you can buy. And although automated checkout clients can circumvent these limits, I mean, it's pretty programmatically easy to do so, Nike and other retailers have been known to ban accounts for attempting to overbuy products. So some companies sell this software legally and have a website and everything. So this means you can legally buy subscriptions to them. And I mean, while you can purchase a sub, you can also just make your own, right, Christine? Right. So before we talk about ticket bots, uh, I'm going to talk about some merch bots. Some of our Taylor Swift fan listeners probably follow the auto Taylor alert bot on Twitter. And this bot lets us know when merch is dropped on the website. And I noticed a lot of people were complaining because it was basically giving an alert on your feed that said, hey, a new item might have been added to the store, but there's literally hundreds of items in the store. So it's not helpful at all. A lot of people were also really upset, especially my new Swifty bestie, Marissa, who uh, I think is going to be joining later to talk about her experience. She really wanted to get the cardigan from Taylor Swift's cardigan song. And that went out of stock. So a lot of people were retweeting the auto Taylor alert, basically saying, we don't care that some random merch was added. We only care about this cardigan. So... I decided to write a bot to find the cardigan once it goes back in stock. And for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, uh, Taylor Swift has a song on her folklore album called Cardigan. And the lyric is, when I felt like I was an old cardigan under someone's bed, you put me on and said I was your favorite. So we want to, we definitely want to make this interactive and we want to invite some Swifties here to speak to this and share their experiences. So if anybody wants to join the space, feel free to just like request to talk. Um, but if not, I'm just going to talk about how I built a bot. So if you're interested in this, you definitely should be listening. So because auto tailor alerts is not granular enough for specific merch, I decided to make a bot that's only querying for this cardigan. So first, I wanted to create an AWS EC2 instance. It's a cheap remote server that stays on all the time because you don't want to be building bots from your own computer because that means that you have to be plugged in all the time and you might lose power and the internet might not be consistent. So a remote server is definitely the way to go for this. And I wanted to make sure that I could find the product linked to the cardigan and compare that to a product that was still in existence. So the cardigan, if you go to that page right now, it returns a 404 error because it's sold out. For any product that's in stock, it will return a 200 
Yeah, or, or okay request. And, and so for some fun cloud context here, so Amazon Web Services or AWS, as I'm sure you're all familiar, um, offers EC2 cloud, sorry, EC2 compute or elastic cloud compute, where you can run virtual machines or what they call them instances. And what's elastic about it, it's really just how they define like, the scalability of the instance. So that's kind of the big sell for cloud, the scalability of the resources, the compute and the storage. And on the internet, when like a web server returns a 404, that means that the request to the server was not found, the link did not exist, so it's not available. And when you get a 200 back, that means, yes, you got that web page, you got that link, the item is there. Another error code that I was getting today was 503, and that's because every time we wanted to connect to Ticketmaster, they just couldn't handle the load. So 503 means maximum connections have been reached. Um, so I was able to make a cron job, which is just an automated instance. It's basically a time-based process that will run any certain specific amount of time. So I sent a job, I set up a job to run every minute checking whether or not the cardigan gets a 404 code or a 200 code. And right now, because it's not in stock, I keep getting that 404 code. But once I get the 200 code, I'm good because that means that it went back in stock. Um, but the problem is it's on this remote server and I don't want to be logged into the remote server and constantly checking those codes. So I decided I'm going to connect this bot to my text messages so that I get a text when it becomes available and so that I don't have to keep checking and logging into the server. So the way that I did this was I signed up for a Twilio free trial. Twilio is a text messaging service that lets you send automated texts from their computer API. Um, and a lot of people were complaining that they don't get the auto tailor Twitter notifications. So that's why I wanted to connect it to my text because the bad thing with a Twitter bot is since Twitter's probably going to shut down anyway, once Twitter shuts down, you won't be able to get any of those notifications. Um, so if we get a hundred new people to join our discord, I will link my cardigan bot to a discord bot and you'll be able to get notifications through our discord. Um, so definitely I sent out our link, send it to your friends, and if we get 100 people, I'll give access to my cardigan bot and we can all get the cardigan when it comes back in stock. Yeah, and, and like we said, this is illegal to do for, for buying and reselling specifically like tickets. And just to reiterate, you know, the onus is on the vendor. I mean, why would they care if they sell out regardless? And this has been a huge problem for concerts in the past, especially Taylor Swift concerts, because scalping scalpers were making millions by selling the tickets for thousands in markups, as we've said, and making it really hard on her fans financially. So in, in 2018, uh, Taylor Swift and Ticketmaster worked together on this verified fan process, which helps root out scalpers and make sure concert attendees get tickets at face value and not scal scalper markups. So if anybody wants to join the space, you can. I did text Marissa and ask her if she can join. Um, but I do want to talk about this because the verified fan process does change every time. I don't know if anyone here went to the Reputation Tour. I'd love to hear you talk about it. Um, but basically, that was a way better verification process. The essence of a verification process is they send you some type of pre-registration link or pre-registration code that will let you into a pre-sale that has a subset of tickets. So not all of the tour tickets will be available in the pre-sale, but a good subset of decent tickets at a really low price. The problem, at least with this one, was that everybody was basically given their codes all at the same time. And for some reason, Ticketmaster couldn't handle it. This was different on the Reputation Tour because they actually gave everybody time slots for that. So it wouldn't 
bogged down the server. And so people were able to get reputation tour tickets. The only complaints that I heard about that was that they had like really small pools for each time slot. So um, some people's time slots, like all the VIP tickets sold out really quickly and they're really upset about it. So yeah, if nobody requests to join or requests to speak, I'll just kind of keep talking about this. So Taylor Swift first announced her Eras tour on November 1st on Good Morning America. And so fans were able to do this pre-registration step by entering a queue on Ticketmaster's website. I feel like this should have been our first clue that something was going to go wrong because the queue was really slow and many people like me ended up waiting for hours to get tickets. First, I waited three hours to quote pre-register Um, But then I got distracted because, you know, I have a life. I was working um, and then I missed my turn and you only had an hour to do it. So then I had to rejoin the queue all over again and I waited another three hours. And this time I made sure to check every 30 minutes. And finally, you know, after leaving my browser open and checking it and waiting, I was able to pre-register. Then you had to pick your top three shows. So you couldn't just use pre-sale for any show. You could only pick up to three shows. Um, And the registration closed on November 9th. So you only had until November 9th to do this. Now, I'm not sure if there was some heuristic where if you only picked one show, you got that show. Or like if people got pre-sale codes for multiple shows, if they registered for multiple, there were a lot of people that tried to use their pre-sale code for different shows and they couldn't. And they were all posting those error messages today. So from what I heard, the pre-sale codes were per show. Then on November 14th, it was supposed to be like in the evening that we got the messages, but basically all day people were tweeting that they got verified. And and at the very end of the night on November 14th, I and a bunch of other people got uh, texts or emails that we were waitlisted. And then the pre-sale opened this morning, November 15th at 10 a.m. So also it the whole thing was just crazy because there was supposed to be the Capital One pre-sale today. That was moved. The West Coast sale was moved. Everything was just moved. Yeah. I mean, does anyone want to talk about the first fail of this entire thing that was the boost in the verification process that didn't actually mean anything at all? Yeah, I'm going to invite some people to speak because I'd love to hear more about people's boosts that they got and if they got boosts and if they got verified. Because like, from what I was hearing, people... So, for example, my friend Marissa, her boyfriend made a brand new account, okay? Like, brand new, no history, no behavior, no nothing. So, there's basically no heuristics to back this up as a real user. And her boyfriend got a pre-sale code. And so, that's frustrating because basically... A brand new account with no history is the calling card of a scalper because it's somebody who's making multiple accounts and multiple brand new accounts to circumvent the ticket limit since you can only buy six tickets per show. So he got the pre-sale code, but then Marissa, who bought all the anti-hero remixes, who got all of the, quote, boosts. Um, So like Taylor Nation sent out emails to everybody who pre-ordered merch for the Midnight's album. And a lot of those people got boosts and it was supposed to, quote, boost them in the verified fan queue. Also, anybody who had bought tickets to Loverfest or got pre-verified for Loverfest, which was Taylor's last concert before COVID happened, they were supposed to get boosted. I saw tons of Twitter things where none of those people got pre-sale and all like most of those people got waitlisted. Like Marissa got waitlisted, which made no sense because she has been using her... Ticketmaster account for years. And the same thing happened to me. I did not, 
I got waitlisted and I was like, what the heck? I've literally been a Taylor fan for so long. Like, um, so yeah, that was really, that was frustrating. And that was a huge fail on the part of Taylor Nation because I think a lot of us were lured into a false sense of security where we thought getting boosted would mean something. And it would almost like, it got our hopes up that we were going to get tickets. And then we didn't. Um, the other thing that's frustrating is Taylor Nation and Taylor Swift haven't like a addressed any of this yet so like I don't know I'm just disappointed because we had such high expectations yeah absolutely and and I think you know if, if no one else wants to speak we we kind of were thinking about like you know what what different mitigations could we have used like could t- could Ticketmaster have used for this like behavioral analytics um and I think one thing that I've seen used as like one of the things I like are time tickets so like at my grad school for instance when we're registering for classes they it kind of goes by seniority. So whomever has like seniority, they get the first time ticket and then less like freshmen get like the last time ticket. And I, I found that to be to work pretty well. There typically aren't issues and there's less grad students than than Swifties out there. I understand that. But I think like they could have implemented some kind of time ticket instead of having everyone kind of go at once. Yeah, I agree. Like the first the major thing was that everybody was trying to access Spotify or not Spotify, shop, not Shopify either. Not that either. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the web, Ticketmaster, I'm just, you know, Ticketmaster. Everyone was trying to access Ticketmaster all at the same time. Like they should have had customized links so that like a, a real person could try to log in because they were just getting bombarded by requests and they couldn't handle it, which was ridiculous. So like I couldn't even get to Ticketmaster.com. I still can't right now. Like every time I go to Ticketmaster, it just says that 503 max connections received. So that's like a huge fail. But the other thing that's frustrating is so Spotify this past year did Spotify wrapped, which basically took all of your listening statistics and it told you not only like what artists you listen to the most, but also how you compared to that artist's other fans in terms of listening cue. So as an example, I got a notification that I was in Taylor Swift's top 2% of listeners. So basically, if everybody that listens to Taylor Swift, I'm in the top 2% because I listen to her more than 98% of the people that listen to her, I guess. Um, and my boyfriend got top point five percent so he listens to taylor swift probably more than anybody else anyone here yeah so we're like you know we're, we're huge fans we're, we're constantly listening to her music and so a lot of people were tweeting like i wish that my spotify statistics were taken into account so t- like Taylor Nation would know how big of a fan I am and that would count for something. And I completely agree with this. Like I I wish that, you know, being in top 5% or top 2% or top 0.5% would mean that you actually get a boost because you really want to go see her play. Like, because obviously somebody who doesn't listen to her at all on Spotify would likely be a scalper. And like, I don't want to discount the people that maybe they listen to the physical copy because a lot of people did buy physical copies of it. And so people were saying, yeah, it would be great if we could also like upload receipts for merch that we bought or for CDs that we bought or vinyls we bought or like iTunes purchases or whatever. And what like frustrates me the most about this is our entire persona online is 
being sold every single day by data brokers. And we're forced to give up so much PII to these ad companies so that they can give us targeted ads and sell us targeted products and figure out our demographics. And I wish that some of that PII that we're forced to give up every day could actually be leveraged in our favor. Like the fact that didn't get I didn't get verified makes me so mad because like the ad companies know who I am. Like I, I almost was like, do you know who I am? It's like, they do know who we are. They know who we are. They know about our online behavior. And for some reason we're still not getting tickets. So it's like massively disappointing. <sighs> so that, yeah, sorry. That was like a little bit of a rant, but like, I'm, I'm just so frustrated that basically nothing was taken into account and Everyone thinks verified fan was actually just like verified scam TM on that. <laughs> yeah. Go off queen. <laughs> also, um, I definitely want to talk about the ticket buying process. Please, if somebody wants to join, request to join. Otherwise, I'll just keep talking. I, I'll stay on my soapbox here. So <laughs> the ticket buying process was ridiculous. Um, so we joined. Yeah. No. Well, Rhea joined for us, so I didn't get verified, and neither did Tracy, so our friend Rhea got verified, and thank you, Rhea, because that was, like, helpful. Um, So Rhea got verified, and she joined the queue, I want to say maybe at, like, 9.30, and it basically said, like, the queue's not ready yet, and they just had a countdown, and then once 10 o'clock hit, it put her into the queue, Um, But it just said 2,000 plus for like the longest time. And then we waited 10 minutes. And after 10 minutes, it started going down. So I was taking screenshots as it counted down because it was like 1,500, then 1,400, then, you know, 500. And then it was like, oh, you're next in line. And we were so excited. And then suddenly it was like, there's been an error. And we got kicked out. So it was. Yeah, I saw you tweeting about that. Christine has been (laughs) tweeting about this all day. Oh, my God. I've been unhinged. I feel like all of the people that follow me for cybersecurity were probably so pissed because they were like, you're a psycho. No, I loved it. (laughs) I was like so mad. So then we we got kicked and we went back in line and then we were in the queue again and it just said 2000 plus. And so this was really frustrating. So there was a user. I didn't screenshot like who it was, but they were like, scroll down to line they were like right click on Ticketmaster in the browser click view source and go to line 218 and it instead of saying 2000 plus it would actually say your real oh Tracy's requesting it would say your real thing in the queue so oh let me see if I can accept Tracy into this sorry I don't know how to use I don't know how to use this um so it said that we were like 30,000 something in the queue. And so like Rhea had to go to a work meeting and stuff. And so like, it was really, um, oh, I think, I think Tracy's speaker now. Yeah. Hey, Tracy. Hey, Tracy. (laughs) So Rhea was like, I have to switch to my phone. Should I leave the queue? And then we were like, oh my God, you're number 30,000 in the queue. Okay. You can give up your, your spot. (laughs) and do it on your phone so that we can actually get it because we thought that um it would probably work better from her phone and then yeah we were literally waiting an hour and then we we're like all right we're gonna cut our losses and go back to the app so that was really frustrating and then basically because we were all on this zoom call and then you know tracy had to go to work she Rhea had to go to work i had to work so then Rhea was like i'll just keep checking it periodically and let you guys know so we can hop back on the zoom and then it was like four hours later. <laughs> it was so crazy. Yeah, Tracy, have you gone to a Taylor Swift show before? Neither has Christine, right? 
yeah, this is like the first time in my life I can actually like afford it. And I know other people that want to go with me for some reason, like I would love for Ticketmaster to do a postmortem, which they probably won't because it seems like they don't care about their infrastructure, (laughs) but like Ticketmaster had to move the West Coast sale. So all of the sales are supposed to open at 10 a.m. venue time. So basically ours opened at 10 a.m. And then one hour later, the central time things were supposed to open. And then like three hours later, the West Coast ones were supposed to open. And I don't know what like mountain time is because it's been like daylight savings and stuff. But basically things are supposed to be opening throughout the day. And the West Coast sale was supposed to start three hours later. And it didn't. They had to move it because everybody on the East Coast was moving through so slowly and there were so many problems. Oh, and Ticketmaster had to pause the queue. I almost forgot about that. Like, they couldn't handle the load, so they literally just, like, paused everything. <laughs> it was uh, it was just so... It was so crazy. So, yeah, that was frustrating. I think Rhea switched devices, too, because it was paused. She's like, I don't know if I should give up her spot in line, and then I was like, oh, it's paused anyway. <laughs> And we're number 30,000. Um, and yeah, then the Capital One sale is supposed to happen tomorrow. I don't even know if I have the emotional bandwidth to follow that. I don't have a Capital One credit card, so I can't participate in that. Um, but I definitely don't want to pay all this money to scalpers. So I don't know. The whole thing is just like super disappointing and frustrating and very unhappy with this experience because like there's just so many things I want to so this is why I don't have tickets. So Rhea was finally able to get tickets. And it was like, she tried to add five to her cart. And then it kept like disappearing. So it was like, add five to cart, disappear, add, add to cart, disappear. And so she couldn't get tickets. And then finally, she was like, okay, I'm just gonna like subtract tickets. So she tried four, couldn't get four, then she tried three. And then she's like, okay, guys, I can only get three. And I was like, girl, you got the pre-sale ticket. Like, I don't want to jeopardize your entire Taylor Swift experience. So like, just get three. Um, But yeah, then I ended up not getting tickets, so I'm super sad about that now. If you got tickets, I'd love to hear it too. I'd like to end this on a positive note. We want someone who has a success story. Yeah, maybe it's nobody or they're a reseller. Oh, you know what's better that ShmooCon does that I just realized? They separate... (laughs) Yeah. They also, they separate the checkout process from like the getting your ticket like you, you, yeah, yeah like the ticket yeah, process so you have to be like a fast clicker and you have to fi- fill out their like prove you're a human thing yeah, really really quickly their little captcha that changes every time yeah but then they send you your email later so I feel like where Ticketmaster went wrong is they tried to connect the checkout process and that's just so many different things going on that I feel like um just like having all of these different <laughs> talking talking about twitter and microservices having all these different microservices that rely on each other and probably aren't integrated very well that is like anytime you have more connections there's more room for error so having all of these things going on at one time is probably part of why it aired out because there's all these different services and there's tons and tons and tons of traffic the other thing that was really frustrating is there's dynamic pricing for this so Like, I feel like the heuristic or the algorithm going on in the background that's trying to detect demand and simultaneously modify ticket prices based on demand while people are trying to check out, like, that's obviously going to crash the service because that is a huge level of compute that it needs to have. So 
I don't know. I, I don't want to like totally blame it on dynamic pricing, but like in my opinion, don't want to get sued by Ticketmaster. They just didn't implement any of this very well. And their website obviously couldn't handle our traffic. So them trying to add features like this that are supposed to be based upon dynamic traffic just is making it worse for everybody. Oh, absolutely. There is no financial incentive for them to have a better verified fan process. Like, because it doesn't matter because they're selling the tickets either way. So if they can, you know, burn it on computing for the dynamic pricing or what have you. I mean, I totally get what you're saying, Tracy. Yeah, no, I literally, I read an article and I don't remember which, um, I don't remember which publication had this, but I was reading about, uh, Taylor Swift verified fan in 2018 and there was some I can't find the article now because everything on the internet is blowing up saying that Taylor Swift broke Ticketmaster but basically there were some journalists that went to like a Ticketmaster event um, or something called TicketCon that's supposed to attract resellers or people that do resale as a business And these journalists were claiming that Ticketmaster basically said that they like want people to enroll in their reseller program because they get fees on both ends. So they get the fee from the resellers that buy the ticket. And then they also get fees when you do a quote verified resale. So like, why would they care that people are scamming and buying tons and tons of tickets if they just stand to make more money off of it? So it really it's really frustrating as a fan because it just doesn't really feel like we're getting a fair price and we're even able to get tickets at all. And I really don't want to spend thousands of dollars on a ticket if the face value of the cost is like a hundred dollars. Like that's ridiculous. Um, I, I did. Wanna... Yeah. You want to enable two factor yep. on all of your accounts because you don't want people to um, try to take over your account. And also if you get a, an email from somebody saying like, hey, uh, was this you logging in? If not, reset your password. I actually wouldn't click the link in that email. You can check to make sure it's actually from the website like Ticketmaster, but instead what I would do is try to log into your Ticketmaster account and generate your own reset password link because that way you can reset your password because it is a a phishing email. You don't want to click those links. So you want to make sure you just generate your own. I want to end on like a fun note. So see, what was the funniest tweet you saw today? (laughs) My favorite was when um, AOC was like shading Ticketmaster for being like a near monopoly and how, you know, frustrating it is that even if artists want to like improve the experience, they they really can't. And she said that they should have an antitrust hearing or something. But I I guess that's not funny. I I think, I guess it's kind of funny because I didn't expect for her to address anything. So I'm yeah, I'm so glad because that's a, I'm, honestly, that's one of the biggest problems. Ticketmaster is a monopoly. So like they have no reason to fix this because it's not like Taylor Swift can take her tickets and sell them elsewhere. The all of the venues have contracts through Ticketmaster. So I think this is the only way to sell the tickets. So um, that's so true. I think that my favorite tweet was a lot of people complain about how many fees Ticketmaster has, including I'm just looking at this girl that bought tickets. So she bought a VIP package for $600, but then there was a service fee for $89. Like what? And so a lot of people were saying, like they were tweeting, 
why do we have to pay these fees to ticket master if you've been down all day? Like, what are these fees going towards? So I thought that was hilarious because it's so frustrating how high Ticketmaster's fees are. And it, I'm really struggling to see why their service is so bad because they obviously make so much profit. Any last alibis? <laughs> oh my gosh. I think we're, I think we're good. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to our bonus content Twitter space on hacking the verified fan process. We had a marvelous time ruining everything. So follow us at HerHacks Podcast. That's HerHacks with an X for XQ permission on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Don't forget to subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a future episode drop. And leave us a star for each of our lovely hosts, that's five, with an encouraging review. And don't forget to click the join link for our Discord in our show notes or at herhexpodcast.com to let us know what you think about this episode and also engage with me, Christine, and all of our other co-hosts. Thanks, everyone. Mm -hmm.